and welcome to Charity Chat. I'm your host, Rachel Green. We're also joined by co-host Veronica Bamford-Dean, MD of Work for Good. In this International Women's Day 2022 episode, we explore the topic of leadership. We'll hear from Alex Wallace, founder of the Mintridge Foundation, which promotes an active lifestyle and positive mental health for children and young people and works with sporting role models to help and influence young people. In this episode, we explore why women in leadership matters, different forms of leadership and leaders that have inspired us. Both Alex and Veronica share their experience as a leader and in management. This episode of Charity Chat has been brought to you by our platinum sponsor, Work for Good. Work for Good believes everyone should be able to turn the work they do into good. Through their fundraising platform, they offer charities a way to engage and work with small businesses, including founders, owners, and sole traders who want to make an impact for charities through their sales. To find out more, please visit workforgood.co.uk. Here is Alex Wallace and Veronica Bamford-Dean on leadership. I'm delighted to be joined by Veronica Bamford-Dean of Work for Good and Alex Wallace from the Mindridge Foundation. Thank you for joining us today. It would be great if you could both introduce yourselves and your organisation. Start with Alex. Yeah, Um, thanks so much for having me. Um, I'm Alex Wallace, the founder of the Mintridge Foundation. Um, We're a charity dedicated to supporting young people's physical and mental well-being by harnessing the power of positive sporting role models. So uh, I get to hang out and work with Olympians, Paralympians and other professional sports stars and call it call it work, which is um, such an inspiring place to be um, and to be surrounded by all the time. Um, so we're, we've had huge impact um, with across the world, across the UK and the work that we do. And I think that just demonstrates the power that sport has and, and what it can achieve beyond the pitch or beyond the court. Um, and I'm a huge advocate for, for utilising those voices and those sporting voices for, for positive social change. Brilliant. Thanks, Alex. And um, Veronica, would you mind introducing yourself? Yeah, of course. Hi, uh, I'm Veronica Bamstein, uh, Managing Director of Work for Goods. Um, and Work for Goods, we are a fundraising platform and we help um, charities better steward their small business sales fundraisers. So businesses who want to help raise money through the sales of their products and services. And um, yeah, I've known Alex for a few years. So this is so great to be able to have a, a chat to her and have a very cool charity that she founded. Yeah, so, and yeah, I could equally be as so um, wonderful as about Veronica. I just love everything that they do and, and any ways to help um, the fundraising, which is probably the hardest part. Um, is, is fantastic with how work for good support. So thank you, Veronica, for everything you do. <laughs> Alex, I have a question for you that I think is quite a funny one and a difficult one to answer. When was your aha moment? So what I mean by that is when did you think that you were a leader? <sighs> oh my goodness, this is a tough, <laughs> this is a tough question to tackle. <laughs> oh, I th- being in the environment that I am and um, being surrounded by athletes all the time, they talk about leadership in so many different areas that actually 
on a sports field, you might have a self, uh, not a self point, you might have a captain, you might have a leadership group, but actually so much of the work that they're doing um, when they're sharing that with young people is that we are all leaders and no matter how big your organisation, how small your organisation, whatever it might be, that um, actually I've really tried to instill that in myself that we're a small team and even when it was just a team of one, I am a leader in that sense. So mm. everyone is a leader. I've always been a leader and I think it's just that that leadership role has evolved and changed depending on the size of the organization and potentially those that we're working with so I really want to instill that in everyone that we're all leaders it just manifests in very different ways that's beaten around the bush a bit hasn't it it's not really answered it <laughs> in it, the no, way I, should. <laughs> I, I think it has it was a Rachel and I were having a little chat earlier it's a difficult it's a difficult question I think as well and I, I don't know if anyone ever feels like a leader straight away it takes some time and I think sports are a really good example of leadership in different ways. You don't necessarily have to be the captain of a team, but you can be a, a member of a team. You can be part of the bench. You can actually be on the bench and you're still leading your team because of the encouragement. Can you um, share, Alex, your uh, sporting expertise? Which is the sporting team that you um, play for? What's your, what's your sport? So I'm a hockey girl at heart through and through. Mm. Um, I think that's, that's always at my core and that was the reason behind Mintridge I don't play anymore but that again is part of why Mintridge is here and um, the reasons I lost my love for it so now I am a a huge um, a huge fan of playing tennis Um, Ketton Tennis Club in Rutland uh, that's where I play um, and I'm definitely a supporter of all of all sports I follow a lot of men's rugby so Mm -hmm. Northampton Saints is my team um, but put me in front of any sport and and I'm away and, and, and following it. Um, the Winter Olympics, I now feel that I'm an expert in curling, even though I didn't really know what was going on the whole time. But yeah, I think that's what um, that's what we try to portray is that um, sport is special to people for very different reasons, whether that's playing it, whether that's just taking part to be physically active and good for your own mental health. Um, or just enjoying the buzz that live sport gives. So yeah, tennis tennis is where I play. And um, now that's where my heart is, as well as doing other challenges and so on. Um, but going back to the, um, sorry, just when you said about the leadership question, um, mm-hmm. going back to that slightly, I think one thing that I've struggled with as we've grown a charity is that essentially as a founder, you're a self-appointed leader. Uh, you haven't been put into that position by others it's I've I've developed it and I'm trying to get people to come on my way so I mm-hmm. I found that quite tricky in that when I've been in a sports team and I've been appointed a captain or in a leadership role then it's because people want you there and they've chosen you to be there but it's almost flipped on its head when you're developing something and actually it's a very personal passion project so I've had to really think about how I bring others on that journey and the culture that I'm creating rather than going into something that's already created. And yeah, I've definitely found that hard um, as, it, as it changes and, and people come in for different reasons. So um, learn it, learning all the time on that side. <laughs> yeah, I, I bet. I, I think that's a really interesting observation as well. And the different points of entry to to leadership or running anything. What challenges have you had that have been different from running a sports team? 
and leading a sports team to sort of how have you been able to bring your team on that journey with you as you have grown because I am a I'm a, I'm a big a big fan of yours Alex and I watch you dancing around on social media with your teammates and so you <laughs> clearly instill a very positive culture within your team but I know that's a big job like how what are your tips what could you what can you share with I suppose anyone who's listening whether they're fundraising managers or they're CEOs of small charities yeah I think that's a really important point because that's something I've really tried to create and have that open culture that fun environment we're working more than we're not working so I wanted to create that and I think I've learned from negative experiences in previous roles that I'm probably sometimes too far the other way um, um, but I think what what I've learned is having a balance so you show your vulnerabilities. I constantly show my vulnerabilities. I co- I'm constantly honest with those around me. But at the same time, that does have its detriments because Mintridge is my baby. And it is, as I started, it, it's something I've grown over the past seven years that actually having, cre- creating a team of people around me that completely invest in it, but also can look at it in a much more clinical way than I can is really important because at times it, my love and passion for it is far too detrimental for actually where we want it to grow. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still struggle. We had a strategy meeting on Friday and it was a really important meeting. And I know that's what has to be done in terms of looking at uh, it from a, from further afield than the day to day that I do. Um, but it, it, I struggle with that because I have, I have to remember that it's not everyone's baby and they don't love it like I do. Um, so so showing that, showing my vulnerability, showing when I'm struggling, but taking advice from those around me that can have a clearer head in, in what we're doing and the direction that we want, want to go in, um, because it's not plain sailing. Um, but I, yeah, I think that's a very important thing to remember. It's who you surround yourself by. Mm-hmm. And I'm, and I'm that, sure you're... Yeah, and sorry, and, and, and it, it's surrounding yourself by those that you're working with but also those that you're close to outside of that environment they've got to understand it I think I have such a a great support network in my family and friends uh, that give me that perspective but equally they know why I'm doing it and they they give me that that opportunity to go off traveling here there and everywhere because they know how important it is to me and I think if I didn't have those those friends and family it would make it much harder and I Again, going back to sport, I think sports taught me that because, you know, when I was growing up and I was playing hockey on the weekends and going to trials, I couldn't necessarily go to all the parties. Like, but the friends that I'm still friends with, they are those that understood why I had to do it. And it's exact. It's, it's so transferable um, between that side. So Yeah, thanks, um, Alex. And I think um, you've kind of already touched upon this a little bit, but what does leadership mean to you? you've kind of expressed how that's through the medium of sport um, and how that's helped you to progress as well as talking about how your leadership style um, may be different from others Um, would you mind expanding on that a little further yeah definitely and I think this again is something that I've really struggled with I've always looked to my dad in terms of when I set up um, the charity I've looked to him as someone that set up different businesses and organizations and and similar sizes and his 
management style is very, very different. And yes, times are changing as well. But equally, it's it's taken quite a few heated challenges and discussions, to put it mildly, with him as to actually know my management style is okay. And and you can be a kind leader. Kindness and collaboration is really at the core of, of me. And I never want that to change. I think, again, going back to sport, there's a really interesting piece around how a men's sports team they like to look at leadership as a pyramid and there's someone at the top whereas a female sports team like to have more of a circular approach and everyone's equal I think that's what I want because you're drawing on everyone's expertise and as long as there's that that respect and that mutual respect of of a hierarchy it no matter if it's a traditional view of a hierarchy I think that's really important but saying all of this I need to be better at making those clear cut decisions and and not taking those things so personally that then has detrimental effect um, on on my mental health, say. Um, So it's, it's I'm gonna get told off for saying it too much, but it is that balance, I think, it's that circular approach and wanting that culture of where everyone can step forward and, and share and also have, have that kindness. I think so often, when I was learning, going through apprenticeships and internships, I tried to be a different person in the work environment and home environment, but actually I don't want to be doing that anymore because who you are personally gives you opportunities professionally and vice versa. So um, I try to be the same person that I am in all walks of life. And I want everyone that's around me that I'm leading to do exactly the same um, because you've got to be, it's the whole person all the time. Yeah, I think that's really powerful. Um, I think we're definitely moving away from the kind of girl boss stereotype of having to be, you know, kind of perhaps more aggressive or very different from, as you say, who you are at home, who you are with your loved ones. Um, I think that's such a great note to take away. Yeah, absolutely. I think. And but again, it's having those clear boundaries. So Mm. we're a small team here. And I've become, my colleague Katie has become one of my closest friends now. And actually you still have to have those boundaries with work and, and, and personal life, obviously. But that, with that comes the level of professionalism that you'd want in your team anyway. So um, it's it, balance, again, balance. <laughs> I think it also sounds like that very good at empowering your team to do their jobs as well and I think that plays plays a huge part in any leadership but to be able to almost and it's not I don't necessarily I don't actually really like the word delegation but it's empowering others you know why do we why do we hire people to join our teams or why do we pick a team in the playground or why do we pick someone for the sports team because they're good at what they do or they have um the uh, capacity to improve and you know they are learners and they can experience being part of a team and then to be able to grow so I think that empowerment is so I don't know Rachel if this is what you're hearing that's what I'm hearing from you Alex sort of what you're enabling your team to do to be the best at what what they can provide but also yourself as well yeah completely and I really want that to be the case because um, I think a shock to both myself and those closest to me is that I don't have the founder syndrome that I thought I would and that I wouldn't be able to let go. But I'm very fortunate in someone that I found in Katie that 
believes in it and I have complete faith in that actually it, that's allowed me to let go and you have to otherwise what's the point and where can you grow but it has to be that right person because we've had both positive and negative experience so if you have that those right people around you and that that takes time to know what you want the process of finding them mm-hmm. um which actually when I met Katie it actually was a really randomly at a party <laughs> but that's not our normal <laughs> recruitment process but um it, I, you have to have that because what's the point and I have such big ambitions as so many founders do that you have to let go and and a detriment to everything really personally and professionally so empowerment is is key for sure for sure yeah and why do you think women representing leadership is so important what what in particular about female leader is important for me it always um goes back to what we're doing for the next generation next generation and Mm -hmm. for us coming through the system I spoke earlier how I have heated discussions and debates about with my dad about what leadership looks like and actually um, if we can then impart knowledge and show the younger generation what is out there what's available then they're going to stand on the shoulders of those that have gone before them Uh, I love my cheesy catchphrases sorry Um, (laughs) but actually they can then go on and achieve so much more than we have and I think it is that as it is in sport it's visibility it's visibility of relatable people that you can sit back and think I look like them I have a similar background to them that, that's what I can go on and achieve and um, if we don't have that and we don't have that piece then we're saying goodbye to half the population and then half the opportunities and and forward thinking that we could potentially have so yeah it's uh it's so important for diversity, but also opportunity loss that could be there if we didn't do it. I agree with that, having a kind of diversity of representation across leadership um, and to kind of build on that. What are the different types of leadership you've come across throughout your career or maybe even in your personal life? And is there something we can learn from different styles of leadership? Yeah, and I think I I had, as I touched upon earlier, I've had some very negative leadership opportunities, but it's that, that actually taught me so much about what I wanted to be in a leader because it taught me what didn't work. So actually authoritarian or however you'd like to call it, it has its positives because it, te- it taught me as to what does work and what doesn't work. And then as we go back to what the next generation will bring through, if they can experience that, I wouldn't wish it upon anyone, but never never take those experiences as negative, teach, t- teach the, take them as something that they could teach you. And I think I always look at always different organisations of different sizes and, and how that how that culture is maintained no matter how big the organization grows I think Mm. that's really important and I've recently read um no rules rules about Netflix and how that um and the cultures there and the leadership style and there's essentially no rules there but it's amazing (laughs) um and I and I I love that but also you have to look at what works for you as an organization so um pros and cons for everything I think but yeah it's always 
goes back to what are the values of, of your organisation and what do you want to instill? Is there a leader who has inspired you in particular? And I know you've spoken about your yeah. father quite a lot, which I think is wonderful. And I, you know, when this question asks, it doesn't necessarily have to be a female. It can be a man like your uh, father. Yeah, yeah. Male allies are really important for female leaders. They and I are. think dad is definitely one of those um, with some of his old school views, that's for sure. But uh, we're, he's learning. Um, <laughs> but equally, as you just said, that helps shape your opinions as well, doesn't yeah. it? And in yeah. terms of what you are in agreement with and what you're not, and then actually what you'd like to yeah. convey as a leader yourself. Exactly. Um, one of my favourite leaders that um, I would aspire to be like is Pinky Lilani. She's the founder of the Women of the Future programme. Um, and that's where I get the idea around kindness and collaboration, being acceptable and being seen as being a positive leader. So Pinky is, is someone who I, I love to look up to. One, because of um, everything I've just said, but two, she knows everyone and she takes that time and to be with you and to know your story and she does that and she probably knows everyone in the UK um <laughs> but she still knows she still wants to know about you and I think that's a really special special thing and no one ever says no to Pinky no one ever says no to Pinky so I need to learn more of that of how to get more opportunities but something really stuck with me when I first met her um and she said, find something that is more important than you and devote your life to it. And mm -hmm. that's something that I really, um, I really stand by in what I'm doing. And, and I think everyone should have pur purpose-driven work and purpose-driven leadership. Um, and I hope that's what I'm trying to do within Mintridge. So, so Pinky definitely um, on, the, on the work, on work side and work culture. But in terms of um, the sports side who again I always look to for aspirations it's definitely uh, Kate Richardson Walsh who captained the GB hockey women's team to gold mm -hmm. in Rio in 2016 um, and there's so much to her leadership that I love but I think it goes back to how long her journey was wearing that England shirt and what she had overcome um, not qualifying for the 2004 Olympics uh, to then um, getting eventually getting to that that top the top of that podium I think everything that went through that and everything she learned and the willingness that she gave and the learning she gave to her team that were coming in as new eager um, excited players I think just it's so easy particularly in, in our and our culture now to just give up like that and I think she is just the epitome of resilience and, and what can be what can be done and everything she fights for afterwards it's she uses her platform as a leader for her sporting endeavors but actually everything she believes in too which I think is so often overlooked in leaders um, and those that have a platform and a voice so uh, yeah always up for the hockey girls that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> what would your words of advice be to some of the children that you support in terms of if they want to if they want to build themselves up to become a leader one day or within sport or within school or within their friendship group um are there any specific kind of um recommendations you would have them when you were talking earlier about kindness and compassion um and sense of camaraderie and culture I think so many are combined but yeah, I think I would always stem back to um, 
what's what's your why why are you doing it because so often as you're going to lead anything whether that's a sports team at school or a, le a leader in a charity it go you're going to there's you're going to be questioned you're going to have so many failures you're going to have so many things that actually make you sit back and question why are you doing this I mean this weekend I even had it where I just thought why am I doing this but all I needed to do is ask myself why what's my why for this and actually the impact that we're having makes me get back up and go again that I can overcome those failures so just to prepare for that it's not plain sailing and again social media shows everything in a shining light it shows shows the leaders dancing around the kitchen with their colleagues mm -hmm. um but actually think no it's not it's not plain sailing it's it's everything that goes behind but what's your why every time and I've stolen that from one of our ambassadors because she says it all the time and it makes me think <laughs> yeah I think, I think it's so purpose is so key my, my question I always ask people what gets you out of bed in the morning and if you don't get out of bed, how can you? Like, what do you need to get out of bed? Yeah, exactly. And oh, why do I get out? It's because of the impacts that we're having. And I think I really struggled that th th with that throughout the pandemic because I love being in the schools. I love seeing the high fives, the selfies being taken, the autographs being signed. And, and yes, we could have some impact through COVID, but it was through a screen. So it was really hard to, to get up and keep going when you just don't, don't have that same fulfillment but I knew there was an end in sight for it and um, people say well well done to all the charities that kept going and have kept going through lockdown and it's because it's so purpose-driven otherwise I think a lot would have fallen by the wayside when the times got, got harder um, and there were where there were times I'm not going to pretend that there weren't times when I didn't think why why don't I just stop this is just too hard this is too difficult um, but it's with that support system around you keep you keep going that's the one thing that keeps you keeps you up I think is purpose isn't it you know yeah. never give up <laughs> yeah, Rachel can exactly. I ask you what what do you get out of bed for I would say although it's super generic but I think it applies to everything I do is just making a difference you know whether that's helping a friend or you know at work um, you know making a difference for a client I think again it's kind of having that purpose and yeah I guess I just have the kind of personality where I love to help people and um, kind of get huge satisfaction from that. And I think also learning, it's part of everything I like to do. Um, I'm always curious about different things. Um, and, you know, part of my new role was I was so curious about tech and I wanted to learn more. And part of the reason why I'm co-hosting this podcast as well, um, always love to learn. I think it's from what you said there, Rachel, I think so many of us are the same and particularly women, I think it is helping and supporting others. And I think sometimes what's, what's often overlooked, particularly from me, is we're so kind to others. Actually, you need to be kind to yourself, otherwise you can't help the others. Um, so that's something that I, I'm trying to get better at, but yeah, not doing as well as I'd like to in it. Um, but it is taking that time out, being kind to yourself. Just to follow on from that and kind of the learning that you're sharing now um, is how in, important is mentoring, being a mentor or being a mentee um, to the leadership journey? Yeah, I think 
two elements to it and the first element is often forgotten and that and I always am so surprised at our mentors who are Olympians they've reached the highest echelons of their career in sport and actually how much they learn from their mentees um, and I think it's always that full circle and it helps them teach them what works and what doesn't and again teach them what gets them out of bed in the morning um, and I think that's really important so I always focus on how the mentor supports the mentee, but actually it is both ways, which mm. as a young person and a, someone that's potentially looking at going into leadership, how empowering is that, that you're helping, you're helping someone that's got an Olympic medal around their neck um, in, the, in the case of Mintridge um, and that older generation. And, and we've got to learn so much more. Um, as we've spoken about with the tech side, that they know so much more than I do, that's sure. So um, making sure that there's that healthy balance for empowerment and support you have reflection sessions after the sessions between your mentors and mentees where I don't know whether it's receiving feedback or as you just said sort of mentors learning so much can you tell us a bit more about that I suppose and how your your, your colleagues and your friends and your sport the sports people take those forward themselves yes uh, I I think the biggest thing we have so the programs last for six months and they're all delivered remotely um just mm. to allow allow easier access between between um the athletes and young people and then at the end of that six months we look at the learnings we look at what work what doesn't and a lot of the time it's time so we don't I think the biggest thing in terms of the reflection is to not make anything like that prescriptive because life is so busy now that actually having something else in the calendar can add that stress, can add that anxiety, mm. that actually make it to ensure that everyone wants to be there, that everyone's giving as much as they're getting out um, and actually how they can then utilise that in their day to day, whether it's um, whether it's on the sports field or in life. So constantly looking at how we can improve that and and a lot of it is coming from what we're learning from the mentees rather than the mentors. But don't tell them that. <laughs> <laughs> I bet they would love to hear it, though. And I expect I, I'm sure you do tell them, though, as well. But I think young sometimes young people don't necessarily appreciate how valuable they are as well. And it's not just you know it's a two-way journey teaching is due my husband's a teacher I hear about lovely children every single day but he learns he goes into school and he learns so much from them as well like he's way cooler than I am he knows everything <laughs> but um that's not very difficult but <laughs> I suppose it's also that coming back to the empowerment of empowering children to really understand how they they evolve and they develop and actually they contribute to our society they contribute to make yeah. us better humans you know your example earlier of why do you do what you do you know to impart your knowledge onto the next generation well, that's because of them you know so it's them leading your future as you're trying to sort of lead theirs yeah and I think uh, I was speaking to one of our athletes the other day about um reflection and and how we can make our programs better and how and, and all of that side and I think what they've learned coming from sport into business is sometimes feedback can be very generic and this is that was good you're really good at this or and she said that's not what I did in sport that's not what got me to top of the world rankings and broke a world record that isn't good enough and I think again that's what we've got to instill in young people is that you've got to be prepared for that feedback both positive and negative 
because it will help drive you forward and those reflective pieces um, can only help drive that really um, but we've just got to build a, a generation of more resilient young people which I think has the potential to be lost um, with with where we are at the moment in a lot of instances so build, build, a, build a nation of resilience is key. the one tangible thing you would like listeners to take away today rather than a reflection more uh, looking forward into the future over the next let's say three to six weeks because I think there's a real um, necessity to take each day as it comes particularly at the moment and not over plan and not over expect what yeah. what advice would you give I think so often um, I'm asked and I share why I started what I started to, and why that's made me into a leader. But so often it's overlooked as to actually the how. And I think if you have a proactive mindset with perseverance and you constantly have that perspective, uh, then you can achieve it. There's nothing stopping you. So using Mintridge as an example, how, why the why is now obvious because I wanted everything I went through to not happen to the next generation and I um in that sense but actually anyone can have an idea and so many people listening I think will have ideas no matter what it is whether it's in the charity sector whether it's in business um or even personal life the how is often forgotten and that that puts people off and it becomes quite scary so how did I start Mintridge well to start a charity, you need some level of income coming in, which I didn't have, but I wasn't, I wasn't going to let it go. I wasn't gonna let this idea go. So what did I have to get income coming in? I, I had got coaching qualifications. So I started coaching to get a salary so I could live. Um, what else did I do? I looked for trusts that supported work and wanted to help young people like the Prince's Trust were incredible. And, and I think it's, there's always the how, but don't, forget that and I hate I hated saying this in the early days because I wanted to be a strong independent woman on my own but actually I had I utilized my parents I utilized their network I utilized um, everyone around me that I was very fortunate to have and although I want to say I did it all on my own at the, at the time that's what I wanted I'd be so stupid and the worst business person or charity founder ever if I didn't utilize that so what do you have? What can can you can um, can you use? And so that it doesn't have to be a no. It just might be a longer process, which it definitely was for me because I didn't have that that income to start with. So that's a very long way way round of me saying, don't let your ideas go. Every idea is incredible, and there will be ways and people that will support you. The why, how and the what is very important. It's very important for a business. It's very important for a charity. It's very important for why you get up in the morning and how you get up in the morning and then what you're going to do about it during the day. You know, it can be applied. Um, and I think I think you're really right to actually stand back and reflect on that because in the hamster wheel of life, which seems to be going at a magnificent speed at the moment, I think sometimes we forget to break it down into those three specific components. Um, thank you so much for joining us, Alex and co-host Veronica.
Thank you again to Veronica and Alex for joining us for this International Women's Day special episode on leadership. We hope you found it informative and inspiring in the same way we did. It was particularly interesting to hear about how Alex has harnessed her experiences in sport to drive leadership and the organisation. It was also noted that a circular team hierarchy allows everyone in their team to bring their best foot forward. I think that's a structure that any, that works really well in the charity sector. And finally, for me, the key learning from this conversation is that you can be yourself in a leadership position. Alex has demonstrated that with the right boundaries, your unique personality and ways of working can be an asset to your leadership style. Thank you for taking the time to listen. We hope you enjoyed this episode and continue to enjoy the podcast. We'd love to hear either way. It's just left for me to thank our corporate sponsors. This episode of Charity Chat has been brought to you by our platinum sponsor, Work for Good. Work for Good believes everyone should be able to turn the work they do into good. Through their fundraising platform, they offer charities a way to engage and work with small businesses, including founders, owners, and sole traders who want to make an impact for charities through their sales. To find out more, please visit workforgood.co.uk. Giant Squid Audio Lab for sponsoring our podcast kit. Magda Axmith for our beautiful website. Check it out at charitychat.org.uk. Forest of Fools for playing throughout the show and playing us out now. Thank you.